Hello and welcome to Finding the Line. My name's Ben. And I'm Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I went right for it. So good. It's brilliant. So we have a podcast, dude. I know. And people are listening to us. I know. It's scary, actually. It's scary is very much the right word. Oh, man. I feel like I'm getting emotionally naked. Yeah, as long as it's only emotional, <laughs> then we're fine. Well, to be honest, no one really knows how we're dressed right now. So we could be both naked and no one will ever know. I mean, we've got... We've bu- okay, everybody, we've, we've all got clothes on. We all have all clothes on. I was all actually right. thinking earlier, because we get to record this at my place, like I get to just wear comfies, which oh, yeah. is so cool. Um, now you all have that image in your head. Thank you. <laughs> That's brilliant. I think the greatest moment for me this last week, um, as far as putting all this up online was the fact that we got approved to go on iTunes. Yeah. Like that's just so huge for those who don't know how podcasting works. That's like the big directory. Oh, it's Um, huge. And so to get on there and now we can start looking at our stats, which for me as a nerd is just super cool. Um, so that's really exciting. Oh, it's super exciting. Yeah. Although I found it quite funny that it took like nearly a week and it was like, I had friends who was, who listened to the first episode and then all of a sudden they were like, by the way, there's a second episode out right now. (laughs) Yeah. But it's good stuff, though. Yeah, no, it's really it's good, good stuff. It's good. Yeah. Well, we're going to dive into our next mm. subject, or our next episode, as it were. So, Nathan, what do we got? Uh, we're going to be talking about deconstruction and reconstruction. Okay, straight away. These are, like, really big words, which we will define, but yeah. saying deconstruction and reconstruction for the entirety of this episode is going to suck. So we need, like, a yeah. slimmed-down version like of this. Like, decon and recon? Decon and recon. Let's go with it. That's how I've actually, like, when I journal, I will always go decon idea or recon idea. Okay, that's cool. All right, and if it gets weird, we'll move on, but let's let's just run with it. People, that's what it means, deconstruction, decon, reconstruction, recon. Okay, cool. Well, these are really big words, and honestly, for me, even probably a year or two ago, had you said these words to me, I wouldn't have really known what you meant. Yeah. Um, So, how would you define them for us? It's funny enough, I mean... (laughs) When we were prepping for this episode, I was thinking, do I even know what these words mean? <laughs> no, but I, I do have a rough idea like for myself what I think this word means. So, broadly speaking, I would say it's about you have a particular set of beliefs or ideas or philosophies or theologies um, that for the most part, not all the time, but for the most part, you were handed um, you know, in a faith context it's perhaps what you were taught in church or in another spiritual setting um outside church it can just be ideas or philosophies of life okay it doesn't have to be specific to faith uh but having these particular set of ideas that you've been handed to and deconstruction first of all is about having these ideas and actually breaking them down to actually well the word deconstruct you know if you think of it it's terms of you know like a little lego set that's already been built that you've been handed it's about pulling those blocks apart and actually analysing those individual blocks, you know. It's about analysing those individual beliefs and ask yourself those tough questions like, well, why do I believe this? Um, what makes this valid? What makes this true? What makes this... You know, it's not even just those questions. There are a wide variety of questions. But essentially, you start to ask questions of those building blocks, so to speak. And I think reconstruction on the other side of that is about... Um, once you've gone through, well, whether or not you ever really get through the process, but once you've broken down what you believe and, and starting to unpack 
unpack that for yourself. Reconstructing as I think about not once again just getting something you're handed, but actually thinking it through on your own, on your own terms, in your own journey, and building something from the ground up new again. Yeah, and that could be a whole belief system, it could be a whole worldview, it could be a whole set of ethics, it could be a variety of different things depending on what it is that's been deconstructed and reconstructed. Yeah, that's really cool. Like, I remember in Bible college we were given this essay to do and we had to choose what our five pillars of faith were. Okay, so oh, okay. the idea was that uh, if we had only five things that we thought these are the non-negotiables, as it were, um, what would they be? Wow. Which is a really great little exercise, and I encourage everyone to go through it at some point because you kind of go, all right, if these were the five things, then you start to realize that the other things maybe aren't as vital or important, and the things that, even just going through the filtering process, you're like, oh, that's not as important as I thought it was. Or, you know, I've had arguments over that and why did I do that when it's not one of the core things that I would think of? So for me, that's like very much that deconstruction, you know, is that yeah. image of a house. Like, all right, what are the walls and what are the things that are holding up the walls? Yeah. Like if, you, if you're going to let the walls go, what's still standing? Yeah, I like um, that. For you in that sense. So for me, I guess that's kind of like uh, reconstruction light um, because there's still that's still very much that uh, it's a form of it, definitely in a sense, because it's going what isn't isn't deconstructible for you in mm. that process. Um, whereas for me, I would go deconstruction as far as like, the entire concept is the idea that you can deconstruct the whole lot. Yes, yes, I like that. I like the kind of the analogy of the building that you used. Yeah. So you know, if you have, and I can only speak for my own journey. Um, you know, having becoming a Christian and being handed a set of ideas of what I was told was what these are, quote-unquote, all the Christian beliefs, right, as some sort of solid structure. And actually going along the journey of life and actually if using that analogy of a building to actually break it down in, in some ways. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's small little renovations here and there, the building. Sometimes mm-hmm. you get to a point in life where you just really want to go, okay, I want to break this down, rebuild from the ground up to take ownership in, in some sense of what you believe and why you believe what you believe. Yeah, that's really cool. So for me, this whole idea of deconstruction um, and reconstruction, we're not saying decon and recon, but decon we and are, recon. No. <laughs> yeah, look at that. For me, it's become a really big thing. For me, it's become a way of understanding life in its entirety. I see it, what I've come to understand is uh, that for me, the universe and everything that seems to function within it in sort of a meta sense moves through a cycle. This cycle that things are created, they die or they are deconstructed Mm. um, and that new life comes out of that as things are preserved. Yeah. my understanding of God has changed in that way, although I'm skipping a little bit further into the episode of this, but you know, God is the Father, the Creator, uh, the Son, Christ is that which dies, and the Holy Spirit is that which preserves into new life. So for me, deconstruction and reconstruction is life because it is the cycle of life that continues happens all the time. We see it in nature. Yeah. We see it in the world and the universe. We see it in ourselves personally as well. So, where I think things get interesting for me 
is the question I ask, I guess, is how is that cycle turning for you? Um, I find life to be something that is found within the movement of that. So mm. as long as we are finding ourselves in life or coming into a deconstruction or out yeah. of that into reconstruction, then learning to live with that again into a new life cycle, as long as we're open to moving through that, then life comes from that. Yeah, I like that. But if we get stuck in any of those locations, yeah, then I feel like that's sort of where we die. In yeah. A sense, you know, wow. Like, yeah, um, for me, and so when we talk about life and death, I'm always asking that question: like, okay, where's where's this person stuck, or where are they moving, um, and where are they on that cycle? And I think that's hopefully where what we get to talk about today can be really helpful for people, mm. because just kind of knowing what that roadmap looks like, or you know, what what's the sort of next step um, that people are finding themselves at if they're feeling stuck or if they're feeling scared about what's kind of going through their brains. First, yeah. to know that they're not alone. Yeah. Um, but also to encourage them to sort of take steps and to move forward through all that sort of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I think the the process of deconstruction, reconstruction, um, speaking as a Christian, you know, use the language of death and resurrection, and you know that that's kind of quite inherent to one of our key understandings of of a key metaphor, so to speak, in the faith. Um, you know, it doesn't have to even be big theological things. I think the process of death and resurrection is something that. Um, as a Christian, within my understanding of the Christian faith, is, is that's the process of discipleship, really. Oh, entirely, yes, definitely. Yeah. 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 Um, and I think you're right in saying that it's scalable. Yes. Um, it's something that doesn't have to be, just because you go through a deconstruction cycle or whatever, it doesn't mean that you're continuously tearing down every single aspect of your life to go through that. Or, um, yeah, it is something that happens on small little scales that we mm. go through, but also larger scales as well. One of the imageries, it's not so much an imagery, but I've often talked about deconstruction reconstruction is like you know you can have your daily deconstruction reconstructions which are like deconstruction reconstruction all lowercase and then oh, yeah, sometimes yeah. you can have your deconstruction reconstruction with the d and the r or the uppercase yeah and sometimes in life we can go through a huge deconstruction reconstruction where it's all capital letters They're like we're yelling at right yeah deconstruction and reconstruction. <laughs> exactly exactly that was beautiful ben <laughs> You know, I feel like we're sitting in these we're sitting in comfy chairs today, and I feel like we're a little bit mellow. I know, I know. Here's me on like rocking back and forth. Maybe it's just the topic as well, but it's yeah. good. Uh, I think this is really good. All right, so I th- both Nathan and I have been through fairly major like capital so. letter oh, deconstruction yeah. reconstructions in the last sort of yeah. period of our lives. Yeah. Uh, so I guess it'd be cool to talk about for each of us what sort of triggered that i guess like what yeah. was the starting cycle for the last big one that we yeah. went through but did you want to go first i just got i went first with a unless you want me to go first i don't mind <laughs> we, maybe, we maybe that's these, me like panning the question we plan these so well <laughs> just like pan it off to you I'm, I'm happy to go yeah all right i guess like looking back over my life uh you know it's kind of interesting now that i have the language for it i look back and i understand that there's something that's happened quite a lot and there's different times that it's happened and i was thinking about it earlier today and i think the times that it's been most common for me where it's appeared in my life where i've gone back and re-examined fairly major aspects of what i believe and why i act and what i do what i do has always been when i've moved from sort of one large social group to another where i found myself in a very uh not so much an unsecure location, but, you know, I've left all of those social expectations, all of those standards that were held by one group. And now that I'm outside of that group, I have this inherent freedom to kind of go, why was I doing what I was doing there? That's weird. And yeah, I'm, right. I'm that type of person anyway, where I'll, you know, I'll fall asleep at night going, 
why did I choose that type of pizza? Like, yeah, what is yeah, it yeah. inside me that made me choose that yeah, one like tonight? Unpacking you know? that inner <laughs> psychology. Like, yeah, that's yeah, right. Totally. Totally. So, um, it's probably not in super. You should have studied the counseling then. Actually, maybe not. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway, that's a whole other topic. <laughs> it is. It is. So anyway, so you social settings and yeah, sort of out. that moving on and sort of finding myself outside of certain spaces with the. And I guess that grants me to freedom. I yeah. feel to, to do that. Yes. Uh, the biggest one that I've been through has definitely been in the last sort of twelve months, uh, where I came out from working at uh, at a Baptist church. It doesn't have to be Baptist. It's just that I was working at a church. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, there was a whole set of processes that led me to not be working there, which I'm not going to go into detail on this. But uh, I very much found myself uh, without job, without definition. Uh, one of the things they don't tell you as when you lose your job as a pastor, you kind of lose your entire social wow. group as well. You lose all your support because it's all becomes entrenched in the one community that you've been credited to leading yeah. um, to a certain extent. So you're kind of left with much or nothing. Um, and so that triggered a really big capital letters, exclamation marks, wow. deconstruction process for me. Yeah. And I think another thing that caused that to be such a big one was because after self-analyzing for, okay, why I chose that piece of pizza was the reason I'd sort of come to being a pastor was I never really fit into church culture or I never really fit into churches and stuff like that. Um, and I always admired the ability for people who did lead to try and make space for people like me. Yeah, wow. So I really wanted to try and do that. I guess that was the heart. I never really had the words for it, um, but that was what I wanted to do. I always wanted to try and create space for the people who didn't fit in. Yeah. And I guess out of a slight level of bitterness out of the whole process, I came to the end of it going, well, that doesn't work. <laughs> Um, and that's not to say that it doesn't actually work. That's just where my brain went yeah, at totally. the time um, because, you know, you kind of lost everything. So put you in a fairly uh, downward spiral space. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Getting open and vulnerable with you. And so because that was, I, mean, I guess it was such a big definition of my life for such a long time as this is how life can work and this is my hopes and my dreams for all that sort of stuff. And to have all of that sort of ripped away from me in a lot of ways. Uh, it wasn't just a question of a couple of little things in my life. It was kind of like, what is all of this even about? Yeah. <laughs> like, why does this not work? Why does it work? What, what even sort of thing? So, and I think I remember sitting with you at a, at a park one yes. morning and we we're sort of talking about this a while ago. And I, and I just said, I just tore down all the walls. I'm like, you know what? We are starting from scratch. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's, and that's a, pretty brave thing to do yeah but it's also kind of one of those things that i feel i could only do once i had that space that nothing relied on me having to keep the status quo yep so yeah um, I get and, that. and i really feel for people in especially in spiritual leadership positions uh because a lot of the stuff that was going through my brain was stuff that i had thought about um through prepping sermons and having conversations with people, kind of going, oh, that's a really interesting point. That mm. challenges a lot of what yeah. I think. Just facing life as well. Just facing life and all that. And I'm like, you know, but you know what? I'm going to put that on the shelf for when I have time. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and totally. one thing in that sort of job, one, you never have time. And two, you have the inherent risk that unpacking something or deconstructing something that's kind of, you know, one of those core pillars, perhaps, uh, has an inherent risk on your job and his yeah, income as absolutely. well. So 
It's actually it's not... It's a real security issue. Yeah, there. there's a security issue that comes with the actual process of going through deconstruction and reconstruction. So um, I really feel for people in that position. I, I know I've been there. Uh, it puts a lot of pressure for you to keep things the way they are, especially within a very... Na- uh, not a very narrow framework, but within a specific yeah, narrow totally. framework. You don't have the ability to just chuck it all to the wind and start again. So, yeah, but I found myself in that position being able to do that, to let it all crash through, and it was the most refreshing experience, the hardest, most tear-jerking, heartbreaking experience, Um, but one I'm so grateful for at this point. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Wow. Now, I'm learning so much about you, Ben. This is is fantastic. As is all of the listeners we have. (laughs) even, Even though we're speaking into microphones, you know... This is really a conversation between you and me that people are overhearing. Yeah, it really is. Uh, and that's what I love. Yeah, it's, it's, I guess same question for me then, I guess. What about my my journey of deconstruction and, and reconstruction? Uh, and, and I premise that I think it's always a lifelong journey. Definitely, like that cycle I was yeah, talking about. It's yeah. yeah, I guess it's the that capital D, lowercase d, all capital letters, you know, and that's kind of the lifelong journey of it all. I, I just want to say first first of all, Ben, I really resonated with what you said about you know, being in the particular church community and having to keep that that status status quo. Is quo the right word? Quo. Status quo? quo. No status quo. Status yeah, quo. Status all right. Quo. Yeah. There's my there's my English for you. Yeah, I mean I my assume it's Latin, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, like the first church I was in, um quite 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 conservative i would say and i think i only realized that from the outset like once i left the church um i was i was like oh wow okay they do have very a very uh narrow view of the gospel for example didn't seem expansive Mm. it was was about getting up to heaven to escape you know eternal conscious torment you know hell below the earth um yeah that that was my the the whole thing yeah yeah and that that was actually like my first church um like, I've always been a questioning person, so to speak. Perhaps more so when I became a Christian, funny enough. Like, before I was a Christian, I almost felt like Pandora's box, the Pandora's box of me being an existential deep thinker was always there, but it was never open. It was only once I actually became um, um, spiritual or a Christian that I actually opened up a part of that life, which was always there, but I had an unpacked. And so even when I became a Christian going to the first church I went to, um, for me, I started asking all the hard questions. And it was really important for me at the time to get some sort of coherent answers for them, all right, for better or for worse. And um, my first book that I got as a Christian was, it was, it was um, from my ex-girlfriend's mum. She gave me a book as a birthday present, and it said... Um, seven tough questions for Christians to go through. I think it was that was kind of the name. It was something on those lines. And uh, other things you find in Christian bookstores. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, but for me, like it was for me, I found it healthy in that part of the journey um, because of that Pandora's box, which was always there, was finally opened. I had to make sense of this newfound faith. So even though I wouldn't call it deconstruction or reconstruction, they're really just words at the end of the day. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, but this phenomenon, um, which we now call decon and recon, <laughs> uh, was always present. And so this book actually unpacked questions like, you know, you know, um, you know why were the you know, the tip- typical questions, but actually really important questions actually, like, you know, why is a good and loving God, al- like those type of questions, why is a good and loving God allowed the continuation of evil and suffering? 
um, if church is meant to be the people of God, why is there so much? Um, why is there such a bad history of Christianity? Um, you know, questions to do with you know why does a good and loving God send people to hell? Obviously, within that quite evangelical framework, um, but nonetheless, those type of questions. And for me, that was actually really healthy. Uh, and I, I still think that's a healthy thing. I mean, that's the whole point of deconstruction, reconstruction, the lifelong. It is that questioning. Oh, definitely. We're all about asking questions. Uh, absolutely. Ask all the questions yeah. all the time. Yes. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Uh, a faith that doesn't ask questions is, I think, a stifled faith, um, first and f- like fundamentally. I yeah. Well, I think deconstruction, like decon and recon is built on questioning. Yes. And answering. like So if you were to say deconstruction is the process of art, Asking questions, reconstruction is the ability to start answering questions. Life is then living with them. Mm. Um, if you're not answering questions, then I would argue you're not going through the process. Yeah. So then you're stuck. Yeah. And that goes back to that whole discipleship factor. So if you look at um, the Jewish faith, which Christianity emerged out of that Jewish... Surprise, surprise, Jesus was Jewish. Um, no so, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the Jewish tradition, it was all about questions. And Jesus, if you look through the Gospels... He's constantly asking questions. You know, Jesus might be the answer, but damn, he's asking a lot of questions. Yeah, I loved uh, when reading a book by Rachel he- Rachel Held Evans called Inspired. Oh, I've heard um, of this. It's yes. brilliant. And she mentions this part where she talks about how, how Jewish rabbis deal with Scripture. And she compares that to how evangelical Christianity deals with Scripture. Mm. And she says, for evangelical Christianity... The Bible is a way to end conversations. It's the way, you know, we give the answer. This is it. That's it. Answer done. We've satisfied your curiosity. <laughs> Whereas for rabbis, they will sit down and go, here's our passage. Now let's talk about that for the next five hours. Yes. And it's actually a conversation starter. Yes, ab- absolutely. And I think that's been, that was, so that's always been super important for me. And I think that's actually, as I said, the crux of faith. Um, yeah, as I said, Jesus was a questioner. He was he was a rabbi. You know, he he asked his disciples questions to actually get them thinking. Um, you know, this this goes back to to the whole notion that um, the apostles themselves were called into through the questions of Jesus into their own deconstruction and reconstruction. You know, the Jewish people, uh, especially Jesus' disciples, had expectations of what the Jewish Messiah would be like. And for them, the, the notion of a Jewish Messiah was often very warlike. You know, will come and defeat the, the enemies, the um, country that's currently overtaking them. And here comes Jesus asking so many questions and in so many ways deconstructing um, through those questions their own the disciples' own expectations. Isn't it kind of amazing? Like, just the idea that the Messiah, so this person they expected to be like this high authority level type person, mm. <laughs> the moment that it was a rabbi that, was implied that he was the Messiah, they must have gone, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, mean, I don't want to get too off topic, but I have heard of things like um, like Judas, for example. There's, there's this one theory that the reason why he um, uh, ratted Jesus out wasn't just so, oh, well, so I can get money, but was actually because Judas, um, who, which is actually one of the names given... Um, to, to children based on a particular revolution that happened a few hundred years earlier, the Maccabean Revolution, right? which was about this idea that a Jewish Messiah will come and be right. do violence. Yeah. Yes. Yes. There's this one theory that Judas um, actually portrayed Jesus, um, not to portray him, quote unquote, but to actually get him to incite his violent revolution. Oh, wow, that's super interesting. Yeah, it's very fascinating. Um, so that's N.T. Wright, in case you're wondering. Right, yeah, I that's, definitely want to read more about that. That's yeah. insanely cool. 
And so for him, in some ways, going back to the decon and recon, he, you know, he didn't go through that journey, so to speak. That's right. He held to it. He's like, this is yeah. it. This, we're sticking with this. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and even the disciples up until, um, up until and even beyond, beyond this, but just that scene of, you know, here's the apostle Peter, you know, learning from Jesus for, you know, the last three, you know, one to three years of his ministry about what the Messiah would be like and wouldn't come in with, with a sword. And all of a sudden, when Jesus is about to get arrested, he chops off someone's ear. Mm, <laughs> it's just yeah. funny. You can even be in close proximity to Jesus, <laughs> which is probably telling for us. We can be close proximity to Jesus in our own faith, but uh, we're always growing. We're always in that process of decon, recon. Yeah. I mean, that's and, one of the most beautiful things about the Bible and like Christ, Christian traditional literature in that sense. Mm. Is that none of these guys are painted in perfection, perfect lights? Yes. In any way, they you know it's usually very humble. It's always written from the perspective of the underdog and the people who yes. aren't um, the the ones in power and the ones who haven't got it. Yes. Quote unquote perfect. Yes. Um, yeah. So it's just like the entire entirety of the Bible just comes from that humble place of you know reconstruction and all that sort of stuff, which is really cool. Yes. And so, yeah. And so, like the unfolding nature of 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 Jesus as as the one bringing that decon recon. So I think for me in my life, um, as I said, those questions have been very central, and they've moved through. So it, it started out with those those first questions, um, which I have in no ways. And it's one of those things. Like even through reconstruction, you can come with new answers and still live life, but that doesn't mean that there is an ongoing nuance to even those answers and ongoing transformation to that. And I I think that's healthy and. Like even my early stages when I went through apologetics and it didn't quite and quite come with final answers, but there was a sense of a more robust sense to my faith and a more of a grounded sense to of like, okay, this is what I believe. But even there, there was always this ongoing challenge. And there was always, you know, even if I think I answered the question, there was three more. And that's always excited me. And Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, and that's really cool because like, again, the ongoing cycle, the yeah. ongoing journey, it's, it's yeah. always more to be to dive into yes and that used to burden me that there was always more questions that I'll, I'll probably get get to discuss that a bit later on when i talk when we talk perhaps about advice for people yeah, on the yeah. journey so i won't unpack that now but so certainly it was that to start with and i really resonate with what you said before uh, i mentioned i resonate with it as well um when once you leave that community so when i left this church community um i was out of leadership and so i was able to kind of think more freely without the fear of, of what people think. You know, I, I, I covered a variety of wide ranging topics, everything from kind of your theology to like, you know, the idea of you know, hell and the idea of, you know, suffering and, and, and things like that. Everything to like ethics, like you know, LGBT and uh, ethics as related to, to war and violence and politics and things like that. Like I started to have a space to, to unpack those things that I feel and I have to toe the line, so to speak. And, um, so there was that, but there was also the fact that I was studying this counseling course and the whole, and the thing is about counseling, and this is the one thing I love about counseling. You're, you're, you're literally sitting before a person and hearing their life story and the power of story, the transformative power of hearing someone's story doesn't necessarily mean you walk away going, well, I completely endorse all their views and everything they've told me based on their story, um, or emerge from their story, but you do walk away more empathetic. You do walk away more humble. You do walk away more nuanced. And there might be aspects of the story that do just fully transform you. And that's also part of the process. So counseling has been a huge thing for me. But but even up until that point, it's those have been either the lowercase decon recon with a few uppercase DNRs there. But 
the big one for me last year, uh, sorry, the big, big, the, the big capital letters for me last year was going to Europe. Um, so I went to, to Europe last year. I went to Athens and then I went um, to, to England. Nice. Yeah, it was really cool. And um, when I was in Athens, being amongst uh, the Acropolis, so look like which is you know Zeus and Hercules, you know all those type yeah, of Greek yeah, mythology, yeah, yeah. you know being there, it just got this overwhelming. And then I went to the museums afterwards, like with all these different world religions and ancient Near Eastern religions, just got this overwhelming sense of, gosh, what makes me think I've got it all right? Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, what makes you think I've got it all right? And then I went to, uh, when I was in London, I went to the Natural History Museum. And even though I've been quite comfortable with, with the notion that, uh, you know, that the Christian God would be a God who can comfortably use evolution and comfortably lose, use, sorry, lose, use a, <laughs> a long life, sorry, lifespan, universal time span, so to yeah, speak. Yeah, long time scales. Yeah, long time scales. Thank you. Thank you. You're for, welcome. Got the right words there for me. Um, it's not until I saw it visually going to this natural history museum. It showed you like a whole section of this museum, which was like a hundred meters long, starting from like the Big Bang all the way up to the present. And you just think about like the the, the deep insignificance of of a dude from the Middle East <laughs> two thousand years ago, and that I found that very unsettling. Now. I guess part of my deconstruction or reconstruction journey is that I've still had some grounding elements to my faith. And one of those key grounding elements has been, and I won't launch a huge rabbit hole into this because that's a whole other podcast, but the, the notion of the incarnation of like, okay, even if I can't make sense of all these big questions, if I believe that there is a God who became a person, then, then God has become close. God has become personal. So I, I have some form of epistemology to kind of fall on that isn't just going to completely destroy my faith. And, and that, that was helpful for me, um, kind of as a doctrine. I won't go too deep into that, but it's just as a side. Um, and then, but during this time it was helpful because I was reading a book by um, the, this, the Old Testament scholar Peter Enns um, called The Sin of Certainty, and, which is really a journey of his own deconstruction and reconstruction. And I won't go too much into it because we'll get to the advice section that's based on it. But essentially what he said, um, and this was all happening to me at the time, and I was reading this book, so it was perfect timing, that it can all fall apart and you don't need to have all the answers and you can actually be okay with that. And that faith, um, a better word for faith is almost the word trust. And in, in the Hebrew, the idea of trust is almost like a trust fall. You know? um, it's, it's being held. It's not you having it all together. Mm. So during that process... Um, when I was going through almost almost my mini atheist moment, <laughs> I was just like, okay, do I believe any of this? And yeah, I, I wouldn't say I completely disregarded my worldview. That's that's not so much the case. It was more the sense of just overwhelmingness of it all, of going, okay, I can be held in this process. This doesn't have to be a. It can be daunting, and that's I think natural because deconstruction can be very scary when, especially when it's forced upon you. Mm. Um, you know, especially when you're not expecting it. You know, oh hello, <laughs> you know. These things all open up for you. Um, yeah, so coming back, I decided to do an intentional deconstruction and reconstruction, which I'm currently in the process of. Uh, I won't, I won't, I won't talk about. I won't touch on those things just yet. Um, I guess the difference, perhaps, between me and you. I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, Ben. Oh, right? I will. All right, but. 
for me, my deconstruction, reconstruction, even though it was triggered by these events overseas, coming back, it's quite controlled for me. Uh, right. I'm, okay. I'm very much in control. I'm very much, okay, for half of a year to a year or however long it takes, even though I'm always going to be nuancing and transforming my ideas, I'm nonetheless going to just focus on epistemology. Like That was the first step. I was like, I'm going to focus on epistemology. Okay, can you define that word? You, you yeah, how do we word. know? Sorry, yeah. Sorry, sorry, listeners. It's a very big word. <laughs> I don't mean it in an arrogant sense. I, I, I'm it's here just, for you guys. I'm here for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ben's, Ben's there for you. Uh, hopefully I will be too once I define it. Um, why do we, how do we know what we know? Right. That's what cool. epistemology Good. is. So when people say the truth of such and such is going, okay, how did you arrive to thinking that to be true? What was the actual internal? It's almost like the picture of the Wizard of Oz. You're 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 pulling the curtains and actually going, okay, how's this true? Yeah, yeah. Well, why did I choose that piece of pizza? Yeah, yeah. yeah right. Why? Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's That's breaking us down. Yeah, yeah. Go. And um, so like my my deconstruction restructure is quite controlled in that manner. I'm, I'm I so. I've, I haven't posted it yet, but I've got, I think, I think it's about 6,000 word long essay that I've written on my epistemology. Nice. Yeah. And, uh, and like, I'm, so I made a list and it's going to change, I'm sure, but I've made a list of what I think will be the appropriate order to my deconstruction, reconstruction. For me, that question was important because I'm like, well, I have to start there because I can't even talk about these other things. Like, will I believe about the Bible? Will I believe about salvation? Will I believe about all these things? Unless I actually break down how the heck I even arrived at those things, which is how do I know what I know? Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. I remember part of my process was uh, like my brother went um, over to Europe for a bit of a trip a little while ago and he brought me back the most amazing gift. He brought me back from Oxford. Uh, a leather-bound notebook uh, with my like surname in, imprinted on the cover of nice. this leather-bound thing. It's beautiful, and so it's been one of those things of like, what do I write in this precious, precious book that I've been given? And yeah, I started. I used started using it for that. I started writing out my thoughts. Like, all right, so if everything's been torn back, where where do we start building the blocks back together in in any form? Um, what is the what do I know? What I know? Yeah, sort of question. Um, and yeah, for me, that was very much, I started very, very large scale. I'm like, okay, if it, uh, a big thing that had come for me was, uh, if it's true in any way, it has to be true in all ways. So how big can I make that? <laughs> I like that. So, um, and that's where I kind of got very much to this God universal metaphysical level of journaling, which is insane when I sit yeah. down and say it. And even to go back and read it going, oh man, that was trippy, but um, was very, very helpful for me to kind of get at least something big and concrete down. Kind yeah. of going, all right, cool. That's how I understand God and the universe to work. Then how does everything branch off from that? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Damn, that's good. <laughs> that's good. I didn't even know how to respond to that. I think that's just absolutely brilliant. I'll have to read through it at some point and we can talk about it. Yeah. I, yeah. 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 <laughs> I can't and, remember what I've written. And, and, and likewise, I, I hope to... I actually hope to write a book based on what I'm writing at the moment. Yeah, me too. This is what this yeah. is. Oh, this, this is my, is so my book. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is good. This is good. Yeah. Yeah, because I think a lot of people are asking these questions, um, especially perhaps, I don't want to typecast all people, but certainly uh, from my experience, knowing a lot of people who've gone to church for many years who, who have currently left the church because they d- haven't had that space to even ask these questions, um, which I think's which I think's a, a, a sad reality of certain church not all but a, a fair chunk of churches that i've been aware of where that space to be able to ask questions has been denied 
Yeah, and it's actually really interesting in our culture because uh, we talked a couple of weeks ago about that small percentage of people who go to church around that you know inflated six percent yeah. mark, really down at one or two percent. But when it comes to surveys and stuff that we see nationwide, the people who tick some sort of spirituality yes. is huge, yes. um, and especially if it's not. I mean, the, on the surveys, the level of what people would Christ, tick Christian, mm. quote unquote. Is still quite large, but then match that against actual involvement with a church or some sort of spiritual community is actually very low. Yeah. So it's kind of like, okay, that's interesting. You've got a lot of people who uh, who don't attend institutionalized church, but are still very linked to the idea of some sort of spirituality. Yes. But we also don't have a lot of structure for that anymore. We've kind of gone quite the other direction, which in yeah. a lot of ways is really healthy and really great. But you've also got a lot of people going, ah, what does any of this mean at yeah. all? Like, yeah, <laughs> what yeah. do we even do with that? Yeah. It's that death without the resurrection. It's, it's that being stuck yeah, it's in the cycle. Yeah, it's being stuck in that cycle. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, which is really cool. There's, yeah, there's, yeah, culturally, we've, oh, it's a really good point. We've had a good deconstruction in a lot of ways, but we haven't found a way how to reconstruct that healthily. Yes, so true. And I think that's that's kind of one of the, the sides to it, like, it's it's a deconstruction and a reconstruction. It's a death and a resurrection, and and that cycle that's that's ongoing. Because, yeah, like we can be deconstruction is healthy, but if we're constantly stuck in deconstruction, there there isn't any sense of some form of of somewhere to stand, something to to believe in. And I mean that in the positive sense, because I I mean I'm speaking maybe I'm speaking only for myself, but for me belief perhaps more in the relational sense and the more deeper sense but for me belief is still something that's that's important and, and when you don't you know it's that quote when you don't stand for something you fall for anything yeah yeah and i think you know you can but then of course you can hop back to the other extreme which is that that closed-minded set i think i spoke about before in the other podcast one of our other podcast <laughs> other we don't have another podcast but <laughs> we have other episodes i think i spoke about in the first i think it was the first episode where that analogy of that tree that I've used before, um, whereby being, being almost being in the uh, deconstruction, but in the nev- never in the reconstruction, is being rightfully open to new ideas, like those open branches I use that right. metaphor. Yep. Yep. You have to go back and listen to other episodes to be able to get the whole Ooh, context. I like that. Is yeah, it? yeah. But then, of course, um, still having those deep roots, whereas people don't even start the process. Or maybe do start the process, but then come out with some f- new form of fundamentalism on the other side. Might have uh, those deep roots, um, but then start to remain closed again. Or mm. have always been remained closed if they've never gone through yeah. this healthy process. Cool. Actually, I'll have something to respond to that in a little bit later. Yeah, cool. But, yeah. Cool. So, I guess from itself, like, uh, it's interesting that we say decon and recon, but like, I, I mentioned before, I really like adding sort of a third part to that, which is just life. Yeah, could you um, could you elaborate that? Yeah, because and and I say that because that's kind of where I find myself coming into at the moment. So uh, went th- and I tell you what that that turnaround when you move from deconstruction, where like the ground doesn't even exist underneath mm. you anymore, you and you are like, what is life and why do I exist? The turnaround from that to reconstruction, where you actually start pinning some things down, and is such an amazing feeling. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Oh my goodness. And um, I feel for anyone who, yeah, who isn't quite there. Yeah, I totally resonate. But and I feel like I reconstructed a lot of stuff, but now I'm very much at that point, which is life. Like, And, and there is still like a level of reconstruction that is continuously ongoing. And yeah, always, totally. You know, as we said, levels of loops. But 
what I find now at the moment is that I've got all this stuff that I've been through and now I walk into conversations and I'm like, all right, does this work? Right. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm doing life with my reconstruction behind me to a certain extent, backing me up. Yes. Walking into situations, conversations, hearing sermons, podcasts. Um, yes, there are other ones. Um, and just <laughs> anything that comes yeah. along, I'm like, all right, how do I, how do I filter that through my process? How does that work? Does it work? Still sort of like, I guess kind of like, uh, if you built like a boat and you chucked it in the water and you're like, all right, does this thing float? And yeah. Like, where are the leaks and where are, you know, yes. all that sort of stuff. But I find that's very much a, uh, it's more like a, a checking sort of yeah, time totally. space. And it's not yeah. like things aren't massively moving all that much. And it's very much normal day-to-day life. Cause it's, and I think it's important to have that as part of the process because if people listen to this and like, oh my goodness, I'm not deconstructing or reconstructing, what's wrong with me? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's okay, you're just being, yeah. and that's fine. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> just don't stay there forever. Yes, yeah, um, good. So, like yeah, that. and I guess that's where I find myself at the moment um, in this whole process, which I find to be really quite, it's quite interesting because coming out of this whole thing, one of the questions we've got here is like, what what did I keep on the other side, you know, yeah. of our reconstruction, deconstruction journey? And in a lot of ways for me, I would say both not much and also everything. Yeah. Wow. Because a, a big thing that happened for me, and it's, it's interesting having conversations with people, they're like, blah, 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 this. And I'm like, yes, I agree with all of that, but I would mean something different. Yeah, so, totally. And I it's get kind of what you mean. I can have, like, and especially if I get up, because I still get to preach around at different churches and things. Uh, the language I use a lot of the time, people will take that and they will just take it as what they mean because the language is much the same. But yep. where I'm coming from is can be quite different. Yeah, right. I get um, what you mean. So, you know, even something as basic, or basic, quote unquote, yeah. as like, you know, do you believe in heaven and hell? Or like, yes. But what not in the way that you mean. Yes. <laughs> yep. Or do you believe that God created the universe? Yes. But not in the way yeah, that you really. mean. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean by, by that? that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's why it's brilliant. And I find that really great in a lot of ways because it still means I get to connect with my current cultural group. Totally. Um, I completely resonate with everything you're saying. And also yeah. not be completely offended when they say something that I don't agree with because yep. um, I was like, oh, no, no, I... I get that language and I also get what you mean. Yeah. Um, and I also know what it means for me. Yeah. That's fine. And I'm okay with that. So yeah, I guess that's where I sort of find myself and that's what I've kept on the other side. I mean, going through the stuff that I've kept and what's changed in my whole theological process and philosophy of life is you're just going to have to listen to this podcast for the next couple of years. <laughs> and that's really what our podcast, and, I mean, in this at is, least until those books come out. That yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> then maybe we can make money from that. Yay! We'll make money somehow. That'd be nice. <laughs> That'd be good. <laughs> oh, and yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like, it's funny when me and Ben were talking about like how we go. Like, if we were to list some of them, like we have to like skirt big time because our because that's it. This is the nature. of This podcast find the line, which we're still even trying to find what that means. I mean, one theory is that we're trying to find the line between me and Ben. That was one theory that we had. Ah, we, we, we said many things. You know, but then there's other, you know, find the line can also be, you know what? I'm not even going to answer that. I didn't even know. This is the whole point of the podcast. It's, 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 it's this podcast, vague, but grounded. Exactly. It's lovely. It yeah. is. It is. And this podcast really is the journey of deconstruction yeah. and reconstruction. But I, actually, I do kind of like how you were saying, like, we would skirt a bunch of topics in yeah. a certain sense. So if I kind of go, all right, the biggest things that changed for me or the yep. biggest things I've yeah, changed I'll, my language yeah. about, and I'll just hit the points. Yep. And we can move on, and yep. then you can do it. Yep. Sounds so good. So the biggest things that moved uh, for me... <laughs> 
remember how I talked about those five pillars way back in the beginning? Okay, like these yeah. are the five pillars, like all of them. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So my understanding of God and the nature of the universe as far as how he works in it and how what Christ is mm. um, in that sense. Um, my understanding of the nature of heaven and hell has radically been redefined. Um, my understanding of how people interact and how we define cultural boundaries. We talked a little bit about this in yes. the yeah. first episode. Um, and the cultural expectations we place on that, especially when it comes to what we would say niche groups like LGBTQI and all those sorts of yeah. things and relationship boundaries and all those sorts of, not boundaries in the right word, boundaries are good, but yeah, I, <laughs> just I get what definitions mean. of things have changed yeah. quite drastically. And yeah. Um, I guess those are the really big ones that come to mind. Nature of church would be another one mm. um, as what that means as, the, again, the body of Christ, um, nature of prayer. Um, mm. These things have all become... and or, Yeah, and the Bible would be another really big yeah, one for me as well. Totally. Um, what we do with that, what I think it is, and what its place is. And again, if we were having a conversation with anyone, the language we would use would be quite similar. Mm. Um, based by definitions of it would be the same. Like I had someone, I was on an f- online forum the other day and someone asked, the question that was on the forum is, after going through deconstruction and reconstruction, would you still call yourself a Christian? And I thought about it and I was like, yeah, no, I would call myself a Christian because I believe that I follow the Christ-like teachings that Jesus delivered about how we are to live as Christ, mm. as the body of Christ. I just wish all those people who went to churches picked a different name. <laughs> <laughs> because for me, sure. like again, definition word yeah. definition different, and I'd like to yeah, so yeah. I yeah I feel closer to that in my own thing. Not to say people aren't closer to that. Yeah, totally. I'll qualify that more a little bit later. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. So what do you think? Where are yeah. you at? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. And I'll skirt as well. Um, look, heaven on earth paradigm. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Cool. I touched on that briefly in the last episode. The notion that it's not so much about getting people up to heaven to escape this hell below, but it's about bringing heaven to earth to end the hells and the here and the now. And um, yeah, look, I won't I won't touch too much on that because I still have a eschatology, which in some sense is somewhat traditional, um, but in other ways quite different from from what I would perceive as more recent developments in eschatology, rather more ancient ones from the first century. But anyway, yeah, push, um, push on. Yeah, so heaven on earth as as the paradigm of faith, um, as the ultimate hope. I guess as well, just more nuance on certain certain points. So you talked about how, like what we mean by particular words and particular phrases and things like that, and I very resonate. I resonate much with that, and um, so within that, like I've nuanced certain 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 points of view, certain theological beliefs. Um, that's probably one thing. Uh, my epistemology, actually, my epistemology hasn't changed that much. Um, I came across as quite still quite traditional in my um, kind of reconstruction phase of this area. Like, it's weird. I actually got to the point, I'm like, if the incarnation's a thing and Jesus is God come to us, then truth is a person. And I was like, oh, that's still quite traditional, actually. Mm. So, that, and I mean, I, we'll talk about it a bit later that, you know, you, you, in some ways you're not always in control of how you're going to come out on the other side. And it's funny how I'm actually a bit more still quite traditional in that area. So epistemology... The Bible, very much the same thing, like unpacking that, like what the heck is the role of the Bible? What is the Bible? You know, um, yeah. Like I said, we won't unpack these things, but certainly there's that. The biggest thing for me um, is 
this has been more of a recent one the last couple of years is my my personal belief that Jesus is the the full revelation of God, which that's now I know a lot of Christians say yes and amen by that, but when I say that I mean like no no he is like if you want to know what God has always been like and has or will always you look to Jesus like that is that is who God is. That's my personal belief. Yeah, and I would agree with that. As yeah. Well. yeah. And, uh, of course, that ties back to implications of how we view Scripture, which is a whole other podcast. Uh, yeah, I think, like, <laughs> uh, and definitely I think as far as, uh, so this is more definitely a comment on the spiritual and Christian yeah. one. I think the way we understand Scripture and the Bible will really uh, set the boundaries on how far you're deconstruction and reconstruction will Absolutely. go. I think it's actually a really core boundary. Yeah. Um, which in a lot of ways is really healthy, but as in other times it can also be really limiting because mm. um, it is something we protect or Christians have protected very, very fiercely. And I think they, on some level, inherently know that. Like yeah. once you start messing with how you understand the scripture or how it is, not how you understand it so much, but the actual nature of the work. Yes. Um, it really sets the grounding of how... Um, Five, you're allowed to stray from that in a certain yeah, sense. Yeah, so absolutely. Yeah, it's quite, um, quite a It's an point. important one, which is why it's in my neat instruction, deconstruction, reconstruction, neat quote. <laughs> That's the second one. So I'm yeah. currently in the process. I'm like, I'm up to 5,000 words, I think. <laughs> nice. I'm understanding the scripture. Uh, but anyway, we were yeah, for another yeah, time. St- I, I was still writing about God and then how that relates to humans oh wow <laughs> just a, I, I'm a kind small of a small topic well my whole idea is i wanted to start like uh, basically start big and then sort of nuance down so like yeah, my sure. process was like you know so what is god how does he run the universe then how does that interact on a personal level so what does that mean for people how yeah. do people play into that and then it would be like okay so what do people do in response to that yeah if they wrote something what would that mean then what does the writing thing you know, yeah like, yeah, sort of, like, yeah that's totally. how my brain works yeah so, yeah and yeah. and, and, and yeah, and it's it's honouring who you are in this process. That's right. I guess. Yeah, that's really cool. Which I guess gets us to to something that probably the final thing we should perhaps explore um, is what advice would we give to people going through this journey? Yeah, yeah. Did you want to start? Did you yeah, want- I'll start actually because yeah. um, yep. I think you have a cool quote for us, and then we could yes. sort of round this out. So yep, yeah, great. Um, so just a couple of dot points. If you're going through reconstruction and decon and recon, <laughs> and I've lost my words on this, but here are my couple of points. Uh, don't be afraid of it. Um, and yes, it is scary as hell. But uh, I actually really liked what you said. You, you, you don't know what's on the other side. And you may come out looking um, very much like you did going in, which is fine. But at least you know coming out the other side that you chose that way. Um, and it wasn't just handed to you. That's good. Um, my biggest thing is find people who are your safe people who won't judge you for saying something outside of the lines. Uh, you need to have that freedom to kind of go... Yeah, no, I think there is a giant spaghetti monster in the sky, and that's legitimate. And you need to have people who are going to go, you know what, I'm with you. Now, I may not agree with you, <laughs> but I'm not going to slam you down or like yeah. try and cast demons out of you or get like an intervention going. Like You just need people who are going to come alongside <laughs> yeah, you, totally. trust you, um, and that you can trust them. So It's brilliant. Um, have them there. And they're also really great people to have alongside if you get stuck, um, mm. because you can get stuck in these things, and especially if you start getting like death by a million qualifiers. Mm. is a thing that can really happen in the deconstruction or reconstruction phase because you're like, oh, I mean this, but, 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 and this, but, and that, and, oh, what I do with this? Oh, I can't function. I can't move out of fear and paranoia and all that sort of stuff. So finding people who you trust is good, but also finding people who um, have been through a similar experience um, is really good. And finding people to read. Oh, my goodness, find books. Yeah. Actually, um, let's 
sort of put this in here. Well, mm. If there are books that you would recommend. So for me, uh, big ones that were really good for me as far as resources go would be uh, Richard Raw, The Naked Now was really, really great. And any of his work is fantastic um, for this stuff. Uh, listening to the liturgist podcasts, um, as far as deconstruction and reconstruction, they will blow your minds. <laughs> but uh, they're a really great um, resource and a great community. Uh, Rob Bell's got some really great stuff lately as well. Um, they're the things that jump to mind. Have you got any mm. sort of resources that you direct people towards? Yeah, yeah. So Rachel Held Evans' book, um, she's got a few inspired as well as um, yeah, inspired's really good as far as uh, how, you scri- as well. how you use or how you use scripture and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Um, someone who's a bit more traditional, I still still admire in this process. N.T. Wright's book, um, yep, Surprised by Hope. Um, so that that kind of breaks. That's kind of N.T. Wright for a lot of the people I've spoken to is like the gateway drug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, N.T. Wright's book, Surprised by Hope. I'll also recommend. Um, once you, once you eventually get to the question of what is the cross, um, his book, The Day the Revolution Began, is also very good. Um, he's like, he's like my man. Yeah, yeah, you're his fanboy. I'm Richard yeah. Raw's fanboy. Yeah, so you're, 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 you're Rory and Wrightian. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you have any any other? Oh yeah, advice? yeah. My my final one, um, and because this is something I guess I want to qualify everything I've kind of said back up until this point. Hmm. is that it's really important to remember that the whole thing is a journey. Um, and in many ways, it is your story and it is a story that you get to share and that we get to share. But in no way does it mean that the way we come out on the other side is any more right or wrong than where we started, than where anyone else is. Um, like for us to come go through decon and recon and then come out the other side and be you know, perhaps more fundamental than we were at the beginning doesn't mean that that's right or wrong it just means that that's where we've come to and that's Mm. our journey um and so that's really important to remember and one of the biggest things i learned in relation to that is that and this is what i got from richard rule was people are only ever willing to hear what it is they're already working through sure um and so for me to go through all of this stuff and then just start laying it on someone as if like this is the ultimate revelation of life that they must then nah like uh, is my job to to learn to wait and to learn to listen Mm. and if people um, express things that sort of line up with what I'm kind of thinking then I'm given an opportunity to share my journey and echo their experiences but it's not for me to use this process to I guess to shut down someone else's cycle. Yeah, totally. That's the biggest thing. So we're, not only are we to go through the cycle ourselves, but to encourage that and not hinder it in others. Yeah, it's allowing that process to be. Did you want to? Is that all yours? That's it. That's yeah? all I got. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I, got. And I think we have a lot of similar ones. I won't, I won't, I won't unpack the ones which are too similar. So you talked about having safe people you can speak to. So that's a big one. Uh, probably one that's unique for me um, to to not have knee jerk reactions. So be willing to take time with the process and um, you know, re- read differing points of view, read differing perspectives, really unpack why you believe what you believe. So take your time, I guess, uh, is a big one that I have for people. Um, you don't have to, to know everything, and that's been important, speaking out my own journey. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, in fact, it, especially when early on in my faith, um, during the times where I was kind of unpacking those more, apologetic type style questions you know i might have answer one of them but i have three more questions and it'll actually lead me through agony i think it was getting to the point 
you know, even on the far side of all of that now, you know, 10 years, 10 years down the track now since becoming a Christian, to, to know that I don't have to know, but that God can hold me in that process um, has been so. I touched on it earlier, the idea that faith, um, within the Hebrew point of view of faith, is the word for faith there is almost like um, it's being held. In fact, um, one, I forgot who it was that said this, but they use the analogy of a trust fall. Yeah, you said that earlier. Yeah, I yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's not called a cognitive belief fall. It's called a trust. <laughs> yeah, it's called a trust fall, and uh, I think that's a healthy redefinition of faith in the midst of the process. Mm. Um, that faith is about trusting the journey, and that you don't have to have all the answers, and it's yeah. it's okay uh, not to. It's it's not about having the answers. That yeah. was never the point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's about like moving moving through that. Um, yeah. So, and I guess I want to end with this particular quote that, that touches on it. Uh, it's a quote by Anne Rice. Um, so, she wrote the Vampire Chronicles, like Interview of Vampire, Queen of the Damned. Uh, have you heard of those those books? Uh, the name sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah they yeah. made them into feature films as yeah, yeah, well. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah. Actually, um, I, I know Anne Rice from more of her biblical writing stuff. I didn't know her from... Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know her from yeah, those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, she... In some ways, went through her own deconstruction and reconstruction, uh, more so analysing her her um, atheistic worldview. And so she um, she wouldn't identify as a Christian necessarily. She mm, she's no. much more. I, I remember her breaking it down once. She wouldn't identify as a Christian, but she would. She loves Jesus, and which I love that. which which is, <laughs> in my opinion, as a Christian as you get. <laughs> and she, better, she lives out of she lives out of that story which I think is beautiful. And she said this in, in her book, uh, and this relates to the point of you don't have to know. She says this, In the moment of surrender, I let go of all the theological or social questions which had kept me from him for countless years. I simply let them go. There was a sense, profound and wordless, that if God knew everything, I didn't have to know everything. And that in seeking to know everything, I had been all my life missing the entire point. No social paradox, no historic disaster, no hideous record of injustice or misery should keep me from God. No question of spiritual integrity, um, no torment over the fate of this person or that person, um, no worry for those condemned and ostracized by the church or any other church should stand between me and God. I didn't have to know how God was going to save the unlettered or the unbaptized, or how God would redeem the conscientious heathen who has never spoken his name. I didn't have to know. I didn't have to know why good people suffered agony or died in pain. He knew, and it was his knowing that overwhelmed me. And I think just allowing to rest in that space. We don't have to know. Um, the divine knows, and I think that's that's more grounding than anything. Yeah, I think that, I guess, like, if I were to think of what my takeaway from all of this is, mm. and that, that really clicked it in place for me, is that a large part of this is learning to give up control. Mm, wow. Um, and actually kind of go, you know what? I don't have it right. Maybe nobody else has it right. Let's just go on this journey. And it is a, that's what makes it scary because it is that lack of control out of mm, it. Mm. And that's why all of our advice is about finding people to support you in that space. Because mm. um, control isn't a bad thing, but learning to give it up allows you to grow. Yeah. Um, so that's yeah and I really love that quote as well because a lot of her stuff is like you know what if I just stopped kind of control everybody else and where they're going and what they're doing 
and just allow myself to have that space, mm. um, then life can happen. Yeah, I yeah, like so that. That's my, yeah, I guess that's my takeaway from the day. Yeah, I think my biggest takeaway is that death and resurrection, deconstruction, reconstruction, is, it's the journey of faith. Mm. Yeah. Um, this doesn't even have to be a big theological thing. It is, it is discipleship at its core. Because transformation is part of the process. And mm. what is transformation but death and resurrection? Yeah. And that's why I say for me, like, that's why life, death, and resurrection is the gospel to mm. me. And it's that's good. why all of this is that. Yeah. So, so are we still friends? Oh, my goodness. I, I, it seems a like a redundant question, question to yeah. ask at this Maybe point. We yes. Ask. So we much are, so. We are friends. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are we still everybody else's friends? Is yeah, that the question that's, that's, at this point? That's a very legitimate question. <laughs> Uh, no, really, really good. Um, thank you for listening, guys. Uh, I know that was a little bit of a heavy one, I guess, in some mm. ways, and but also a really personal one for us. Yeah. So we'd really love to hear your thoughts. So far, a lot of our conversation is happening on Facebook. So if you're not part of the page there, make sure you get on. We'll yeah. continue to look at different ways to engage with the community. Yep. So yeah, we're on iTunes. Um, yeah. We on, are trying to get on Spotify, I think. Our Spotify's coming, but that's yeah, That's coming. Um, I know one person who's waiting for that. Hi, Matt, when we get there. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, just look out for those updates on Facebook. So please like our page, Finding the Line. It's actually, I'm pretty, pretty sure it's Find the Line podcast if you type it in the URL. Uh, if not, just search for it and you'll find us. And yep. also we're on Instagram and Twitter if you just type in Find the Line. I think Find the Line podcast. Find the Line podcast. And definitely if you're listening on iTunes, please give us a rating. Yes. Please uh, just drop a comment on there as well. Anything that bumps up our location on iTunes bumps up our location everywhere on the internet. Yeah. So if you're loving what we're doing or if you're liking what we're doing, even if you're hating what we're doing, uh, let us know because we want to modify and get better yes. at what we're doing. So. Yes. And if you're comfortable, please share our content. Oh, yeah. Please share. Yeah. Only if you like it. Like, yeah. I, I, I mean, I say I only if you like I it, but guilting. I want you, Yeah. I don't yeah. want to guilt you all, but I really want you I really to want share. you to share our stuff. <laughs> yeah. But... Um, yeah, if hey, you find how it valuable, people listen. It's I guess like, literally how it's always that thing. Like, listen. if you found it valuable, someone else might find exactly. it valuable, and they even that's if they a, don't, that's a good spin. No, yeah, I like that. that. It's no, good. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, we're gonna leave it there, guys. We'll <laughs> right. See you next week, and we'll see you online. Right, bye, buddy.